Well, hey, and welcome back to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. I'm Kristen Sweeting. I'm your host. I'm so glad you're here. This episode is a few weeks behind when I thought it was going to come out because we did the pricing episode end of the last year. Then we had to do a New Year's episode, obviously. And then this one is kind of part two to the pricing episode because I really think that pricing and portfolio go so closely together if you are a photographer. But really, if you're any creative business owner, um, if you don't have a portfolio, this might also be your website or the way that you're displaying your work. And that visual representation of what you do is so important. So whether you're a florist or have some other kind of service creative business, or are a photographer, I think you're going to find so much value in this episode and a different way of thinking about showcasing your work, marketing your business, and how closely those tie with your pricing. So excited to jump into this. And if you haven't jumped into Danger School yet, I wanted to let you know we're about to start another group coaching cohort in March. So twice a year, we have a cohort that goes through our online course. So there's an option to walk through this by yourself. It's um, much cheaper. It's like 55 a month if you want to be in the online course, or there are group coaching containers that happen twice a year. Um, And this year, we have not just one cohort, but two. So you can be in my cohort if you're a photographer, if you are running an online coaching business, um, I would say be in my cohort. Or if you are an artist or a painter or do some kind of visual art or run an Etsy shop or do something more on the, um, the tactical creative side, jewelry maker, Ashley Tribue is going to be our cohort leader for artisans and I'm so excited to have her. She is just a gem of a person and you're going to be hearing from her on this podcast too because um, she's just like lovely energy so supportive, such a talented painter and artist and thinker, and um, I can't wait to introduce you to her on this podcast too. So if you're interested in either of those, there's links in the show notes. But in the meantime, let's talk about portfolio because I think that this this is not, I don't know, I don't think it's talked about that much about how to create a portfolio that's really um, that really speaks to your ideal client. Um, even what a portfolio is, because I do think a lot of us jump into being um, creative business owners or photographers without having gone through art school or a place where people are really helping to hone in on like, what's your top work? What are you trying to say? Um, We're not used to that kind of critique or the, um, the feedback of um, really curating something down into a, into a concise set of work. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it. I did not go to art school. I'm not a, I didn't have a photography major, but I did have a music major and I used to have to stand up in front of all my peers and sing like operas and art songs and be judged on them. So very used to the critique part and, um, hopefully this will be a little bit more supportive than that. And, um, so now it's been fun to be, I've been like guest teaching in some art classes at the university I went to and to, um, to talk about portfolio with students has been super fun too. So we're going to talk about it here cause it's fun. So if you haven't had a portfolio review or intentionally worked to build a body of work, tune in. Um, And this is going to apply to people at all kinds of different levels in their business. So if you are like me, 
You built a photography business based on a hobby, a passion. We kind of, I kind of took like whatever came to me at the beginning. You know, I got hired for a family shoot. I took it. I did an event. I used to do like events for farmers and I would, you know, document that. Like I was all over the place with the stuff I was shooting. I was just excited to try it all. So I took what came to me. I figured it out as I went, as a lot of, a lot of us have, right? So one of the best things I invested in as a photographer, I was, as I was growing, was a portfolio review from someone I really respected. Um, And I've had several of these at this point, and it always really helps me to narrow my voice, figure out how my work is hitting, like how it's perceived as it's going out, um, to get some like different words and perspectives. And I, I feel like a lot of times we're so close to our own work that it's really hard to have a good perspective on it. Um, It challenges us. It helps us learn how to curate our own work. So I love doing portfolio reviews for um, my danger school students now and the people that I work with one-on-one because I think this can be such an important piece of raising your prices, building your business, being known for something is this curation process and working through it with someone that has the eyes of an editor and that can see things and see you and see you as an artist and your work, all of that, and let help it piece together. Um, I would say I would caution you from just going and posting this in a Facebook group for photographers and asking for portfolio reviews. I think that's a really easy way to get discouraged and to get like some bad advice possibly. So I would put that little word of caution out there, but getting a portfolio review from someone you really, really respect is so helpful in the process of growing our business, Um, whether you're a photographer or a florist. I think florists should have portfolios too, or a graphic designer. Everyone needs a portfolio. And I don't think people do this anymore, but when I was early building my business, I literally printed out my portfolio and put it in a binder and took it into editor's offices and was like, hey, I want to shoot for your magazine. Do you want to look at my portfolio? Um, and some people do still do this. And I don't think it's a bad thing to have the practice of printing things out, taking them in, sitting face to face with someone and not just sending the link to our Instagram profile. So... Okay, so here's some quick portfolio tips. These apply to photographers at any stage. Also, if you are not a photographer, these apply to so many different creative businesses. So I hope um, you can, you know, replace photography with the thing that you are working on right now. So our number one, our portfolios are representative of a piece of our creative vision. Okay, we we can't detach ourselves from our work. And I know, like, especially with photography, it's so easy to be like, this is for other people, this is about our subjects, but guys, it's also about us as the artist and our viewpoint and what we're bringing into the work that we're creating, because we're telling a story, and when you're telling a story, it's not, honestly, it's not 100% honest, right? It's our own way that we see the world, it's our own way that we play with light and we tell stories and and I kind of love that about photography is that there's there's a perspective to it. And when we bring that perspective and that experience into something where we're working with our clients, it's like the ultimate co-creation process, right? Like our clients, their stories, the way they are, who they are, and us with our way that we see the world, the way that we look for light, the way that we, um, the things that we choose to capture and to not capture. 
is so co-creative, and I love that. We work with our subject, our light, our environment, our emotions, the vibes of the room, the surroundings, etc. It all does it to create art. So I know that I preach this over and over on this podcast, but so much of our portfolio requires us to tap into a deeper level of our own self-discovery, which is why we talk about mental health, why we talk about um, patterns and habits, why we talk about self-hypnosis and other things, because like when we really understand ourselves and we really get to the root of like why we see different things, like it transforms our work as an artist, transforms our businesses. It lets us work with more purpose and fulfillment. And I love that about what we get to do. Like we get to have such a big impact on the people we work with. And the deeper we we get into our own hearts and our own souls, the deeper we can work with other people. So um, to understand what really matters to us really, really helps us to then um, show others how we see the world and why. And it helps us to inspire the world to do a certain thing when they view our work. So to have a truly great portfolio, um, it's going to be one that helps us, the viewer, understand how you view the world in a deeper way. This one is a little bit more on a business note, um, but it also applies to, even if you're not running a business and you're shooting um, art, you're creating art for... Um, for yourself or for fun. So a portfolio is going to speak to a specific person, a specific place, and a specific experience. So for example, if you are a New York City wedding photographer, there um, there need to be pictures that make it obvious that you're in New York City. I know that sounds really simple, but like I can't tell you the amount of people who I look at their portfolio of like, I have no idea where you are, where you're based, I can't tell anything about you by looking at this set of images. And so I think like we need to be aware that if we are trying to be in a specific city, a specific location, we want to make sure our portfolio represents that, that represents that city well, that represents that experience of the people that you're working with well. Um, I want to be able to see in your work like a little bit of who you are, where you are, what life is like for you and your clients. So feels obvious, but need to be able to figure out where you are based on looking at your portfolio. Number three, a portfolio needs to be edited. So slapping 20 full weddings on your website, it's just not going to pack the same punch as 10 to 20 images that are your absolute best work. So this isn't to say not to have full weddings on your website, but like the first thing people see should be a body of work that is compelling, um, your best work. And if you want to send people a full gallery later or you want to have blog posts or whatever, that's awesome. But um, I think I think you need both and you definitely need the portfolio. So um, so think about what is going to be the those best images that really speak for themselves. And most of us need external help to do this. Like we get so caught in... Like, you know, it's my little babies, like my images are my babies, you know, and so or I remember how great I felt when I was shooting that wedding or that couple, I loved them, you know, and so we get a little too attached and we need someone else to give us some different perspective. So um, again, the word of caution, be careful who you ask, make sure you ask someone with a discerning eye um, and that you're really clear on what kind of feedback you're looking for. Um, cause if you know that you're a person that gets your feelings hurt easily, just go and be like, 
I need you to tell me what my best photos are. Like, don't tell me what my worst ones are. Tell me what my best ones are and why. Help me figure out how to curate my work. But, you know, don't stomp all over me and, like, critique every single composition, you know, mistake I made or whatever, you know? So I'm a big fan of asking for what you need and being really clear about what kind of feedback you're looking for in this situation. If you're ever on the other end of this and giving feedback to someone on their portfolio, please go into this knowing that like you have the power of life and death in your hands right now and like you can you can spur someone on towards the next best years of their creative life or you can make them quit. So um, I think that that this can be such an amazing part of our growth. But let's just be careful in who we ask. And then if you're ever on the other side of the screen, someone's asking you for feedback, um, please be very careful knowing what that person is looking for as you approach it. It's We're all so tied to our own work. And we never I never want to be the person that crushes someone's dream. So I hope that's true for you too. So again, be careful with who you ask for feedback. Um, this is just my own life advice, but most people are going to project their own biases, desires, and stories onto you and not give honest feedback. So just be careful just with most things, you know. Okay, number four, invite people into your work. This is a random tip, but um, when I've had peers ask me for portfolio reviews or to look through their website, um, a lot of uh, one thing that I notice with people's um, – portfolios sometimes is there are all these beautiful photos, but there's nothing that's saying like, hey, I want you to come be part of this. And I'm assuming for most of us listening that there's there's a um, an element of like, you're wanting people to see this and be like, I want to hire that person, right? Like a lot of us are running businesses. We want to keep getting clients. We want people to feel included in our work. And so um, inviting people into your work a tip to do this with photography is every maybe three images have a photo where the subject is looking at the camera. Um, I I don't think your strongest body of work is going to be 20 photos of people looking at the camera. I think mixing it with a bunch of, you know, your most emotive images and these beautiful compositions and those things are going to be really powerful. But if you only have 20 big landscape where your subject's really far away and you can't see their eyes, um, you're, you feel like a outside viewer to what's going on, um, which if that's what you're going for, that's great. But I think if you're wanting to pull people into the story, throw in a couple photos of your subject looking at the camera that invites the viewer into the set of images with you and can see themselves in it. Okay, number five, order matters. So five detail photos in a row with five portraits in a row. It's just not as emotional an experience for the viewer. So a tip for this is you can take all the photos, maybe you get down to 30 images, print them all out, spread them out on the floor, and start playing around with orders. Um, what makes sense with like colors? What makes sense with time of day or location? Like how can you put these together in a way that flows? And play around with a couple different options. You can lay them out in a certain way, take some out, put some in, take a picture of it with your phone, and then switch it up and try something different. Um, And you can even, this is where you can pull in a friend to give you honest advice on like which one, which way do you like to view this better? Like what words do you feel when you see it this way? What do you feel when you see it this way? So play around with them, see what printing out your photos feels like and as you're putting them in order. 
Okay, and then number six, identify what gaps you have in your portfolio on your goals. So if you have a goal of doing more destination weddings, what destinations do you need to showcase? Um, if you want couples who have big parties, like like big bands and lots of dancing and like neon lights and all these things, like do you have enough party content to throw into your portfolio? Um, in general, I'm... I'm not, this might get me murdered, I don't know. In general, I'm not a huge fan of styled shoots unless it is super intentional and you go in knowing exactly what images you need to round out your portfolio. So, you know, again, if you're doing a styled shoot because it's fun, because you want to connect with other vendors, because you want to meet other photographers and like you know that that's what you're there to do, that's great. No problem with that. But building your portfolio with styled shoots, be very careful because you want to make sure that you can deliver for real clients what you're getting at the styled shoot. And I would say try to produce your own styled shoots in this case so that you can show what you're capable of, what you love doing. Um, you can kind of give this visual this visual idea of what you can do. Um, and then go in being like, it's because I need this photo in my portfolio. It's because I need this location in my portfolio. It's because of this goal that I have that I need this thing. So be really specific. No problem with it if you're really clear on what your goals are for it. But um, just just my word of warning, it's not my favorite way to do things um, unless I have a really, really clear idea of why. All right, so refresh, switch it around. Anytime you start feeling like you're in a creative rut, kind of bored, kind of burned out, go shoot some personal work. Take a different camera with you on vacation and try to get something a little different. Some of my favorite work from from this year was my like vacation photos, which is so fun. I like took a whole gut on a catamaran cruise we did when I was in Greece, and I got this like photo of Andrew jumping off the boat like with a little ballet plie. It was like I think it was even expired film. I have this big bag of expired film that someone gave me years ago, and so some of it is complete shit. I'll just be honest. Some of it like does not work and some of it like creates weird funky colors and this was a roll of e6 film which they barely make anymore um and you have to process it differently than c41 so i pulled it out i was like i don't know let's go try and some of my favorite photos are on that and it had like weird little light leaks and had you could see the numbers like the film numbers on some of them because i guess moisture had gotten in and made little imprints on the film and anyway it's just super fun to play around and do something else it can get you out of a creative rut um, so some images might might always stay in your portfolio. I have a set of images um, that I did maybe 10 years ago. They're still in my portfolio because they still speak to my ideal client. They still I still consider them some of my best work. So um, some of them might always stay in there. And then we also might be pushing to create the next portfolio-worthy image in everything we do. So I'm always trying to push the envelope, always trying to create that next portfolio image um, to do something that I feel super proud of. So I hope you are too. In this new year, what do you want to create? And what energy do you want to inspire around you? So our portfolio is a huge part of that. I'm so excited to see more of your work in this year. If we're not connected on Instagram yet, please send me a friend request or send me a message. I would love to look at your work. Um, again, if you want like a portfolio review, portfolio review, we're doing them inside of my cohort in Danger School this year. And um, they're super supportive and super helpful. I'll give you a private one and one in front of the group. So um, if you 
If you have any questions about this episode, if you've had a portfolio review in the past, or if you're starting to work with your own portfolio, like send me a message. Let me know how it's going. I would love to hear what you're working on um, this next year and, and what you're trying to attract into your business too. So hope you have a great one. Thank you so much again for listening to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast, and we will be back next week. This episode was produced and edited by the lovely Jen Madigan Creative. Music for this episode was written and recorded by Jamie Lono and Shammy D. Thanks for being part of our Dangerous Creatives Podcast community, and we'll see you again next time. I want you to